When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Stuck here with the corpse of Billy Zane's career, the remains of a woman's arm, and a whole lot of demon eyeballs with Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. We got hippies, sluts, and one hell of a badass. But we should honestly probably leave this place, right? No, you idiot. We aren't leaving. No, no, come on. Let's just give this guy up. What the fuck did I just say? It, no, sacrificing Matt is the right move Wait, here. what are you guys doing? No, shit, Matt. Shh, shh. This is just a two-man podcast now. Welcome to Horror Movie Day. <laughs> <laughs> And scene. Okay, so before we dive in to talking about this movie, which Adam selected for us to watch, by the way. Wait, Adam picked Demon Knight? Adam picked Demon Knight. What? Yeah, I did. I, I did. Matt. I, I really, I was going to like just lambaste Matt for his poor deci- life decisions. But uh, yeah, Adam, we can just add this to your list of mistakes. Well, I, I think I'm going to be the only one who actually enjoyed watching this, but here is... Yeah, that's why I knew that you would love it, because you love this crap. <laughs> hey, man, it was a nice shot, at least. Yeah. Hey, a nice shot? Okay. Yeah, man, I, that, that song that, found not... its way into so many movies this year. <laughs> oh, um, what, Hey, Man, Nice Shot by Filter? Oh, yeah. It was in, in like, cable... It was No... Yeah, not in 2015, in the year that Demon Knight was made when it was a moderately oh, popular oh, fucking song. 93. <laughs> yeah, it did make some weird resurgence in the last 20 years or so. Here, I got a funny story about that song. So when I think it was like, I was like 13 or 14, and my dad and I went down to this music store, and he bought me an acoustic guitar. It was like my big Christmas present that year. And then and I was like, yeah, I like playing acoustic, but I really want to play electric. I just want to play some punk rock. And uh, it took me until I think it was my like 15th birthday. I had saved up enough money to go get a guitar. And I went to like the guitar store. I was like looking at the guitars and 
the, I don't remember anything from the day except for the fact that I was in that store for like 45 minutes buying my first guitar, electric guitar, and the entire time, Hey Man, Nice Shot was playing on the uh, sound system, like on fucking repeat. And I was, and after the like 10th time hearing it, I turned to the salesman, I'm like, Hey, so um, why is this song keep playing? He's like, Oh yeah, uh, one of the other guys that works here is playing a show with his band tonight, and they're covering that song. He's so he's he's trying to memorize the lyrics. I'm like there aren't that many lyrics. <laughs> There's like five lines in that song, and most yeah. of them are "Hey man, nice shot." <laughs> Let's help that guy out right now. It goes, "Hey man, <laughs> man uh, nice shot." Those are only four words, and then they reverse it. Wait, wait, wait! They reverse it for "nice shot, man." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, nobody cares about the verse lyrics ever. Like everybody just cares about the I mean, if you're playing the cover, they want to hear the stupid lead riff and they want to hear hey man, nice shot yelled at the top of your lungs. Yeah, but if you're doing an acoustic cover, you can't just be like hey man, nice shot and then when you get into the verses, you can't just be like <laughs> no, no, you just have to say I wish I wouldn't have met you, but now it's a little late. The things you put before me, I never uh, must have sealed. Your I want to masturbate. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no! I want that guy. I want that guy to be like, "Hey, man, nice shot." And then when he gets into the verses, be like, "Hey, dad, how do you like me now?" <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what that song's about? Nothing. About, about no, fucking- no. It's. Do you remember the Bud Dwyer thing? Yeah, oh shit! That's what that song is about. <laughs> they shove it in your face, let you know that you're wrong or yeah. whatever. Wow. Huh. Yeah, um, that song that's, takes a really dark turn when you know that, actually. A couple years ago, I would have been like, man, that's that's awesome. I'm really glad that somebody wrote a song about Bud Dwyer. But actually, I prefer the uh, Fit for an Autopsy song called Thank You, Bud Dwyer. It's a much better song. Okay. Anyway, so before we start discussing this movie, do you guys know the history of the script of this movie? Because it's fascinating. It's not Spooky's fascinating, but it's pretty fascinating. Is it more fascinating than the movie itself? Because this movie is not good. I well, just want I, like, I want you to imagine all the different possibilities. So this script was written in 1987. By a living skeleton who wears director <laughs> pants. And- Why are director pants the pants that you wear when you're on a horse? Yeah, that's a good question. Because he just came from the ranch. That's why. <laughs> So the original director of this movie was going to be Tom Holland. This was going to be the film that he followed Child's Play with. Well, um, Child's Play is mediocre at best anyway, so I don't, I don't really think – that doesn't like make it shocking and interesting to me yet. So, so. so then he was removed from the project, and the script was rewritten by the writer of Pumpkinhead, and it was going to be directed by the director of Pet Cemetery, but they couldn't get the funding. So then Full Moon Pictures bought the movie. <laughs> but then Full Moon Pictures was like, we can't afford the budget that's required for this movie, which might be the first time in history that Charles Band didn't just make it anyway. Uh, so... <laughs> oh, my God. If Charles Band would have been in charge of Demon Knight, I'd probably be on the exact opposite side of the fence right now. Oh, man. Can you imagine this movie minus $15 million worth of budget? <laughs> So, so basically, then, no Billy Zane. No Billy yeah. Zane, no. So then it fell into the hands of Joel uh, Silver, who was trying to do a trilogy of Tales from the Crypt films, but two of those movies actually never got produced, and totally different movies ended up being part of the trilogy, which I'm not sure if you watched the after credit sequence, but at the end of the movie, the Crypt Creeper pops back up, and he's like, 
hey, did you want more Tales from the Crypt? Well, check us out next year when our movie Tales from the Crypt Dead Again comes out. And it's like, well, that's not what they fucking made. <laughs> they made Bordello of Blood, which I think would have been a better episode for the podcast, personally. We can watch, you know, we watch Demon Knight, so whatever. And also, to tie it back into shit that I like, the original third part of the trilogy was The Frighteners. But they thought that it fit better as a standalone movie, so then they made something what? called uh, the, the Ritual, was the, the third Tales from the Crypt film, which I've never seen. But I imagine it's not Wait, good. the Frighteners was supposed to be... That was originally supposed to be Crypt? a Tales from the Crypt film. And then they were like... Because like all the people who produced it are people from Tales from the Crypt. They are like, no, nah, this actually... This script is good enough to stand alone. It doesn't need the Crypt Keeper in the front of it. Yeah, that was that one time that they accidentally made a good movie. <laughs> yeah, the Frighteners is fucking awesome. So, anyway... Before anything, I do want to point out, because this movie starts off with the Tales from the Crypt TV show opening, and I will always love the opening to Tales from the Crypt. So oh, for, man, that music. Oh, that, fucking everything. Yeah, that is beautiful. That pan down the staircase. It's just so good. And then yeah. this movie starts. Okay, I want. I just want to give a quick shout out. I was at my friend Andy's house. I was just right fucking hammered. And he was like, you guys should pick tales from the crypt demon night and i was like oh yeah andy you want to you want to see that shit check this out and i pulled out my phone and i drunkenly messaged you guys that we should watch <laughs> tales from the crypt <laughs> and then i tried to argue we should probably watch bordello of blood instead and you're like no man tales from the crypt demon night all the like, way shut your fucking mouth Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you know what? Fuck you, Andy. Why the <laughs> fuck did I watch this movie? You watched it like two and a half times for the podcast. I watched it so many times. I just kept shutting it off because it was so fucking bad. William Hadler and Billy Zane could not save this movie for me, man. Ugh. Okay, Anyways, so we... why don't you listen to the podcast to find out if I liked it or not? <laughs> So the movie starts off with the Crypt Keeper, and he's directing a murder sequence before he introduces us to the star of the film. Funny enough, that murder sequence clearly has nothing to do with him directing Demon Knight, so maybe that's a fucking Dead Again movie that never got made. I would like to point out that the woman in the bathtub has the most bolted-on boobs that I've ever seen. Like, Ugh. just straight, fakest boobs ever. I have written here, immediately I'm enjoying this film because Hey Man, Nice Shot is a great song. <laughs> <laughs> And I forgot how many before they were famous actors are actually in this movie as I was like reading the credit crawl. Because all I remember was Billy Zane, and then I'm like, oh, James Pickett Smith is this and this too. Oh, Dick Miller's in this? Oh, shit. Willem Uh, Sadler? (laughs) Actually, Dick Miller being in this does make it worth the the watch. Barely. Old Uncle Eddie, eh? I want to have actually a list of how many movies Adam's picked that Dick Miller stars in because the only two that I can think of right now are this and Chopping Mall but I'm sure that there are others because I think that that's like his thing. I feel like I mean, stars I can, I can. in is a very liberal with the word stars. <laughs> it's Dick Miller. <laughs> Somebody name show, me a movie bro. that Dick Miller is the main character. There is one. <laughs> yes there is. There is one. Shit. It's from the 60s. Something of blood. Is it Bordello of blood? <laughs> It's a really shitty Roger Corman film that's only like an hour and ten minutes long. And it's basically just Little Shop of Horrors, but in like 
a beatnik club. And okay, Dick you said, you said Roger Corman, so that doesn't actually count as a movie. <laughs> Dick Miller's like this weird, geeky guy who cleans the, like, he's the janitor at this beatnik club. And then he accidentally kills a cat. And to cover up the evidence, he wraps the cat in clay. And everyone thinks that it's a really gnarly statue. So they start praising him as an artist, so he has to start killing people and, and covering them in clay. Bucket of Blood. It's called Bucket of Blood. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. I would, I would give well, him a starring role. I would I would consider maybe Gremlins 2 a, a fairly high-up starring role. More than Gremlins 1? Gremlins 1, he's not in there as much. Gremlins 1, he's there as a drunk for one scene, and then, you know, he, he you think he dies. Gremlins 2, he kills some gremlins. He's all, like, pissed off in Gremlins 2. He's like, these fucking gremlins. <laughs> knocking him left and right. Here's the thing. I feel like his character kind of jumped the shark in the second one. I think that it's better that he's he's Mr. Exposition in, in the first one because he's, like, explaining that they're gremlins. Yeah, but it's just a drunk man rambling. You don't know what he's talking about. I don't give a shit, dude. Anyway, so death uh, from Bill and Ted... Bogus journey is being chased by a guy in a cowboy hat. So <laughs> like I like we love nineties movies, but in the first fifteen seconds of this movie, I'm like, this is the wrong kind of nineties movie. I don't like this. <laughs> like this is this is this is all wrong. Hey man, nice shot is playing, so it feels like they're like really fucking trying. And then William Hadler and Billy Zayner in those cars, and I'm like, uh Ugh, you're trying too hard. Stop. What, you, you, uh, don't like, you don't like them blocking off the road and, and shooting shotguns at each other, and then the cars collide, and there's like a massive explosion, but they can both walk away from it perfectly fine for reasons? Well, I get that Billy Zane can walk away from it. Here's a question. Can William Hadler be killed in this movie? What the fuck is going on? What no, is, he's yeah. immortal. He's immortal until the blood in the key runs up, and then he can die. But here's my question about the blood in the key. So apparently, Jesus Christ's blood is homeopathic because it stays powerful no matter how much more non-Jesus blood you put into the key. Or is it that the key is what's powerful and not Jesus's blood inside of it? Because it's been like refilled since it was fi- originally filled. First of all, who made the key? Why was the key made in the first place? Unless they like ah ah stupid. The logic. Hey Scott, those are all really good questions. Let's look to the movie for answer. Oh wait, no, they don't fucking <laughs> explain anything. No, you're not getting any answers here today. God well, damn it. Well, both of the guys survived the fiery blaze, and that's when we find out that Cowboy Hat is actually Billy Zane, and he claims that the chairman of EES is actually this dangerous dude, who from here on out we're just going to know as Mr. Breaker. Also, can we can uh, we just call him Shawshank Prisoner Number Two? why has no one talked about his character as the half-retarded janitor in disturbing behavior because no one remembers disturbing behavior no dude dude i i quote that movie more than anything else he's in at least once a month once a month i wake megan up in the morning and i go do you like kurt vonnegut (laughs) she just like rolls over she wants to go back to bed. You're a weird guy, Scott. <laughs> she, she, wants to, she wants to go back to 10 years ago when she wasn't married to you. <laughs> she, 
she rolls over and wonders where her life went wrong. <laughs> um, also, she this is probably a conversation for for offline, but she really wants to come and be on the podcast again. Let me ask you a question: Has she seen what the podcast is turned into? <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it's been a long time since it was just me and her talking about hoax pocus <laughs> this is this isn't reddit horror club anymore <laughs> we're really mean now <laughs> we're so mean that fucking canon comes on here is like guys i picked this so that you can see what assholes you are <laughs> that's all the Tusk podcast is is him being like Guys, you're too mean now. Be nice. <laughs> anyway, so random stars of yesteryears and tomorrow start appearing in the palm of Mr. Smith's hand. And a drunk Dick Miller takes him to a former church that they've turned into a hotel. Dick hey. Miller's getting all hammered in an alley because he has PTSD from gremlins. We get to meet a bunch of the random inmates of the, uh, the hotel, including Cordelia the Hooker, which leads to one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is, Get that pussy off the table. No, I was talking to the cat. Um, oh, oh, that's the, that's literally the only line that I have written down. <laughs> <laughs> and I just realized that last night, when Adam said in our group chat, oh no, not Cordelia, I did not connect what he was talking about because I was watching Buffy and thought that he was talking yeah. about Cordelia from Buffy. And I'm like, oh no, did Cordelia die or is he talking about an angel when she dies? <laughs> Yeah, I was about that, that's that's where my mind went, and I because okay, so full disclosure. Well, because you and I watched this movie two, three weeks ago, when we were prepping for when we were supposed to record it. Exactly, but also okay. So here's my full disclosure about this film. I first saw it in junior high, I think, right when it right after it came out on VHS. I was nonplussed because I mean I liked Tales from the Crypt, and then I was like, oh, this will be great. This will be. This would be like Tales from the Crypt, but like a whole movie's worth. It's not. Um, and then I watched it again for Horror Movie Night. And um, I thought that it would be better second time around. I was like, there's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys aren't going to. They're not going to like, um, you know, do me wrong. They're not going to make me watch a piece of crap because they <laughs> like to put me through this. Um what? Why would you for a second think that? <laughs> I don't. Because I really, I give you guys the benefit of the doubt week after week. And I don't know. I don't know. So there's a point right now in my notes where I seem to keep referring to Billy Zane as Bill Paxton. And I, <laughs> what? And I don't know why. It says the cops befriend Bill Paxton. Wait, it, you, are you just referring to Adam Sandberg? Is that who you're looking at? <laughs> Andy Sandwich. <laughs> uh, he tells he tells him that Mister Breaker has stolen something super valuable from him, um, which I guess it's supposed to be that that uh, that Billy Zane is just so charming that they completely ignore all of the laws that he also broke at this time, where they're just like, "Hey, this guy's cool as shit." <laughs> like, dude, it's Billy Zane. Are you really complaining, dude? Billy Zane is giving 110% in this whole movie, which is more than everyone else combined. Hey, hey, leave Dick Miller out of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and when Billy Zane, okay, so blah, 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 they get to the church, and Billy Zane puts his fucking fist right through a cop's head, which is amazing. Okay, but that is the says, best scene in the movie, when he can't get his hand out from the guy's head. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, heads up. And he throws him to the end. <laughs> um, but no, the best scene in the movie is when he then hops out the window and he gives that monologue where he's like, motherfucker, podunk, goddamn, goddammit, just give me the fucking seat. Like, I, like, oh. I like that your okay. version of Billy Zane sounds like Joe Pesci's fake cursing in uh, the Home Alone series. It's like, forever, 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 forever. He uses his acidy green blood and releases a bunch of demons to attack the hotel until his stolen key is returned. This is also when we find out that Billy Zane is the collector, and he possesses Cordelia, who begins to kill various patrons of the hotel uh, before Breaker manages to kill her. Well, I tell you what, here's the note that I have written for that, because Billy Zane is outside, right? And he has that scene where he's, like, wiping Cordelia's tears away and, like, touching her lip and stuff from outside, like this telekinesis. And I literally have a note that says, you know, Billy Zane could probably jerk off somebody from the other side of the room. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, guys, I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna go? You're going to go find Billy Zane? Does he live in your town? <laughs> no, I'm going to just pretend that he's here. Um, anyway, so... I have a question about his telekinetic demon powers. If he can get to anyone and possess them via wish fulfillment, this would actually be a really fucking short film. Like, he he could just do that to everyone instead of the cat and mouse BS. But, no, movie logic, gotta pad it out for theatrical release. So... It's yeah, just... it's ridiculous, right? Because he he can do that, and he does do that. But he, he is overpowered till, as hell. Like it's dumb. He waits till way later on in the movie to even attempt doing that to anybody. It's so weird. Anyway, so we get the scene where the black woman's arm gets like her bone exposed and then completely ripped off, which is pretty fucking gnarly. Oh, oh shit! We we I missed uh, I missed the note that I wanted to say when Billy Zane is basically like, "Oh fuck it, I'm gonna be a bad guy." He throws his, like, demon jizz gogurt on the ground, and it creates demons. Like, really? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me. And he also gets, like, up close to that demon. He's like, Aku, Aku, oh, you cute little demon. Oh. Well, that's because Billy Zane is the only person who acknowledges that he's in a piece of garbage, and he's just having a good time with it. Right, but the thing is, is that this movie, like, if you took away Billy Zane, you took away the Tales from the Crypt tagline, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. You would just have a really bad Full Moon Pictures release. Well, no, like, no one would remember it. <laughs> yeah, because it would be a Full Moon Pictures release. No, dude, I remember the Full Moon's Pictures re- Full Moon Picture releases. Well, like, sh- but like Shrieker and Seed People? Se- oh, Seed People! <laughs> oh, my God! I haven't thought about that one in forever! <laughs> Oh, but I you watched, remember all the full movie releases. I watched that movie three years ago on YouTube. It totally holds up. It's yeah, awesome. sure it does. Dude, that movie is great. Also, don't let me forget that I watched a movie. At, um, we'll talk about this at the end. But I watched a movie that could be like basically a year's worth of full moon releases budget <laughs> as one film that just came out. And it's great. So um, they're still being made. just not being called full moon releases. So, yeah, like this movie, although I, I, as we're talking about full moon movies, you know, I've talked about, I've lamented in the past how the 90s were so great because everything was so gooey. I was talking about that with Brian Yuzna's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night entry, part four. 
Yeah. And how movies won't happen like that anymore. This movie is nice and gooey. Like, okay. they have a lot of KY jelly on the heads of these demons. <laughs> so that, that I do have to give them major props for. Well, a future uh, supervillain named Sandman, uh, in his early days, is just a local sleazeball who steals a key to try to make a deal with the Collector. Uh, and is immediately eaten by demons. And then Dick Miller gets possessed. And his possession scene is fucking delightful. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's it's. I forgot that it was in this movie. And I you thought, did you did you think that it was from Saturday the Fourteenth Strikes Back? No, no, no. <laughs> I forgot all about this sequence. But I remember in junior high, a kid telling me that I had to see Demon Knight. He's like, "Dude, Demon Knight is so badass." But all he could tell me about was that scene. He's like, "There are so many titties, bro." It's just a sea of titties in this scene. So, I, I, I mean, obviously I rented this it. Movie? Yeah, during the Dick Miller possession scene where he's just, like, walking through the tropical island of all topless women. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant when he, like, turns around and his eyes are green and his te- he's got teeth and stuff. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. When, when Billy Zane is doing a half-assed Hunter S. Thompson impression. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yes. that's exactly what it was. I didn't, I, I, for one split second, didn't realize that that was Billy Zane that was behind the counter. He thought it was. I was like, thought it was Johnny Depp like, coming to reprise. Yeah, the role. I was like, they, they get Hunter S. Thompson just, just cameo in this. this shit. Uh, but you missed a scene. You missed a scene where, where they're all, they're all on the staircase, and they're like, "What exactly is in that bottle, anyways?" And Shawshank explains to them, like, oh, it's got the blood of Christ in it, blah, blah, blah. And even after they have had this long, harrowing experience with demons in the fucking mines and blah, 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 blah. They're, like, he explains what's in the thing, and they're all, they're all like, that's bullshit. You're an idiot. Like, that's so crazy. There's no way that's <laughs> what could be in there. I'm like... Where, where have you been for this entire movie? Are you watching what else is going on around you right now? Like, you just saw your tiny hooker friend rip your other friend's arm off with exposed bone. Like, no issues but, whatsoever. But there's no way that Jesus Christ <laughs> be in that, right? Well, I mean, it's a, atheists, bro. <laughs> like, oh, true, true, listen, true. I, I can't believe that like they they um they've seen demons come out of the ground but really their suspension of disbelief is the fact that that jesus's blood is in the key i i mean they've also seen what the key can do like what is that shimmery red shit not blood nope it has to be glitter it's magic yeah the blood of jesus the sweet blood of jesus uh in the end it comes down to breaker a little boy that we completely forgot existed until about five minutes before he gets possessed, and Jade Pickett Smith. When when Billy Zane is trying to like woo her, that is just so cringy. And then he has like his 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 flame penis. I mean taxidermia. Hello. Yeah. Uh, but he like that. I hate that part. I hate that part so much. It's so misogynistic. I, it bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, it really brings down an otherwise great film. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, I, I, that's probably my least favorite part of the whole movie, though. I I want to real quickly because you know I always have Facebook open. I just saw my little brother post a status. 
that I think kind of sums up our podcast in a weird way. It says, being born in the 90s had its pros and cons. Example, pro, I got to experience the box, TGIF, and one Saturday morning. Con, I thought Linkin Park spoke the truth to me as a child. (laughs) (laughs) So, we talk about, like, a lot of shitty new metal. Yeah, we do. Because it was great. It was a great time period to be alive. No, even when it was coming out, I understood that it was kind of like lowest common denominator type music, bottom of the barrel, like let's make stupid people feel like they their anger is validated. Like that was kind of what it was. I was trying to write I was trying to write some metal. Um <laughs> and, and all that came out sounded exactly like I don't know if it was dope or if it was head PE or what it was, but it was some it was some new metal shit. And I knew that if I had recorded myself and sent it to you, you would have busted a nut. You would have been like, dude, make that a full song. <laughs> I I just I picture Scott being like uh, like getting a hold of Matt and being like, hey man, I wrote some some new new lyrics. You wanna you wanna check them out? Matt being like, yeah, sure. Scott's like, okay, here it goes. Wake me up. I can't wake up. Wake me up and say, save me. <laughs> Dude, how much How much do you want to bet that if Demon Knight was made in 2002, that that fucking song would be in that soundtrack? Evanescence would be all over this goddamn soundtrack if they were a thing. It was, it was in every fucking soundtrack. You know why? Because they were literally paying movies to put their fucking music in there. It's just awful. Ugh. Anyway, the little boy ends up being possessed and he kills Breaker, but only immediately after Jada has been picked as the new chosen one. Using her newfound powers, she kills the little boy, collects Breaker's blood, and then kills the Collector. The Collector scene, when he like turns into the full demon, is, is alright. Wait, are we are we gonna, gonna roll over the part where they're in the uh, attic? And they're like, well, what's in this box? Oh, look, it's entirely full of grenades. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, when they found out that the, uh, the weird... The weird quiet guy was planning to pretty much go postal on the post service that had just fired him. Uh, so how how many of those grenades do you think it would have taken to end the house podcast way earlier than it than it did? <laughs> Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in <laughs> yeah, that church yeah, was... in Mexico that one time that all those <laughs> demons showed up. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? I was just angry that she used those grenades so ineffectively. I was like, you could really fuck some shit up with those grenades. Like, you know, dole them out. Take your time with them. Throw one at a time. Not blow them all all at once and only kill fucking two demons. Like, Billy Zane could be dead. Everyone, ah, whatever. Fuck. Never mind. I feel I like expect- the ah, fuck, never mind is kind of like what the second writer of this movie said to the first writer. And then was like, you know what? It's worthless. So here's, in the end, she gets on a bus. We're introduced to the new collector, hinting that she's going to continue this cat and mouse game like like Breaker did with the with the uh, collector. And what really bugs me about this movie, when, you, when, when the end of the day rolls around, the reason why I know that it's a bad movie, but I prefer Bordello of Blood, is that Bordello of Blood actually feels like a fucking Tales from the Crypt story. Nothing in Demon Knight feels like it has anything to do with Tales from the Crypt stylistically or anything except for like a handful of random sequences like the fucking hunter s thompson sequence like that shit's straight out of a tales from the crypt episode but if they would have had one of those for each person 
that would have been way better, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, if, if each time he possessed them, we went into this weird fantasy realm, then maybe. But it does, it like, this is what it is. It feels like a script that had been lying around for over a decade, and then someone's just like, well, let's fucking throw the Crypt Keeper in there and call it a day. <laughs> and then they just did that, because it does not feel, like, you watch Tales from the Crypt, and Tales from the Crypt is very, like, hit or miss on what holds up still. But, like, when it does work, it's usually because it's a good blend of comedy with, like, one or two really good, gory jump scares. And and Demon Knight just kind of feels like it's lacking in that. I agree. I, I feel like this movie was kind of just to cash in on Tales from the Crypt's popularity in the early 90s. Yeah. Thanks for making us watch this shit, Adam. No, I don't blame me for Demon Knight. Let's all really quickly tell Andy how much of a shithead he is. Andy, what the fuck, man? Yeah, fuck you, Andy Samberg. <laughs> yeah, Adam Samberg. <laughs> At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either... Angels of Mercy, or Whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the woods? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Alright, so what did you guys watch this week? Uh, I watched the new beginning of the second half of the new uh, Flash season because it started back up and it's good. Although I'm a little annoyed at one of the characters that they're bringing back. Megan and I watched the first two episodes of Agent Carter season two and it's awesome. And it's really, as I've said with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the past, um, Marvel Marvel's TV shows dovetail just beautifully with the cinematic universe like the big screen films and they're doing a really great job of that already with the first two episodes of carter so that's cool and then megan started watching masters of sex which has lizzie kaplan and the head of the lichens from the underworld movie movies uh in it and it's about it's based in the 60s and it's about a guy a doctor who's like studying human sexuality and it's pretty fun there's there's a lot of nudity uh it's it's a uh showtime show i'm sure uh pretty sure that's what it is but yeah uh adam you probably like it matt it might make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> so last night i stayed up megan went to sleep and i stayed up and i watched stung you know that movie no the big the killer wasps mutant wasps it's on netflix it's uh i think it came out in 2015 maybe 2014 and uh, it's got David Carradine in it, like everything else. It has David Carradine in it, apparently, right now. But it was fun. I was, I had very, very low expectations. I thought that I'd fall asleep halfway in. But the pacing was good. Um, I watched the whole thing. Uh, didn't actually even Scott Roger it. I didn't fast forward through anything. So it's about this guy and girl who are catering a party out on some rich family's estate. And then these like mutant wasps start stinging people. And when you get stung, a human-sized wasp bursts forth from your body and then tries to kill people. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty gooey. It's 
got a bunch of CGI, but the CGI is done actually pretty well. Um, when they do it, it's it's obviously CGI, but it's not like Sharknado CGI, you know? So uh, I recommend it for creature feature type if you guys want to watch that. It's on Netflix, so there's that. All right. So I watched two things worth noting. For Weird Ass Movie Night, we watched Amazon Women on the Moon. For those of you who don't know, it's a pseudo-sequel to the Kentucky Fried Movie, which means that it's just a series of weird sketches uh, written and directed by John Landis, Joe Dante, and a few other comedy-slash-horror directors of the 80s. My favorite segments uh, involve a Unsolved mystery spoof called Bullshit or Not, <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where they try to prove that Jack the Ripper was, in fact, the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, oh, wait, a, what? <laughs> and a sequence starring B.B. King about raising awareness for black people who have no soul. But all in all, it's not like the greatest sketch comedy film of all time. I, th- I think that Kentucky Fried Movie is better, but it is a good way to kill like an hour and 20 minutes. A bad way to kill an hour and 20 minutes is a film that I watched on Netflix called Summer of Blood. That Um, sounds terrible. So the reason I watch this movie is that uh, I love a podcast called Doug Loves Movies. And there is an episode where Doug kicks one of his guests off the show in the middle of the show in front of a live audience because the dude is just such a pompous piece of shit. And the guy is there promoting Summer of Blood. So I saw that Summer of Blood was on Instant Watch, and I'm like, let me see. Like, I kind of knew it had to be bad. But I was like, that dude was kind of a dick. Let me see how fucking shitty his vampire comedy is. And it is, like, the most obnoxiously unwatchable movie. Because it's it's basically like if Woody Allen was the star of a vampire movie. So the dude doesn't even fucking become a vampire until like 45 minutes into this hour and 20 minute movie. And before that, it's just him being neurotic and like sucking at his job and losing his girlfriend. And then it turns into like this weird love triangle between him, his ex-girlfriend, and this other girl that he's having sex with. And the dude's like a short, fat dude. Like it's one of those like – and the star of the movie is the writer and director of the movie. So it's like absolutely one of those like, oh, well, I can't get a girl in real life, so I'm going to cast two hot women and have them fight over me in this film that I'm making. And just – it's – don't even watch. It's not even like worth experimenting to see how bad it is. It's just a pile of garbage. I, I'm more curious about when he kicked him off the show. Like, what do you mean he kicked him off the show? Exactly? Like, so, so I'm not sure if you've, either of you have ever listened to Douglas movies, but it's basically... I've, I've heard Douglas movies. Yeah. I have a hard time uh, picturing him being like, wow, you're a piece of shit. Get out of here. So, so basically... For those who don't know it, it's it's a group of comedians and they talk about movies, like sort of, and then they play a series of games and people bring name tags to the shows and you pick the name tags from the audience. So this guy, every single time that they would start to like talk about movies, he would talk about how like bullshit it is that all these major corporations own the big studios and they keep the small indie guys down and blah, 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 blah. And he would go on these like political rants and Doug would keep trying to like drift it back to comedy because it's a comedy show wait was this was this max landis yes (laughs) so finally they start to play the the games and the dude goes in the crowd and starts picking out like he picks someone's name tag and then just starts making fun of them for how shitty their name tag is and then finally doug was just like you know what we don't need you please go the person whose name tag you pick you get on the stage you're just going to play i don't want to talk to you anymore you leave 
And, like, the crowd started cheering. Like, the crowd was like, thank fucking Christ this dude is getting booted off the stage. I actually re-listened to the episode after watching Summer of Blood just to, like, remind myself. Like, was this dude really that bad? And I'm like, no, he's fucking horrible. It's terrible. And it is, like, the only person he's ever gotten fired up enough to kick them off the stage in front of an audience. So, fuck that dude. I'm glad this movie probably didn't do very well because he was talking about how this was his one chance of, like getting financing for future movies, so I hope he doesn't get to make anything else, because he, he just seems like a real piece of piece of shit. Anyway, Adam, what did you watch? I watched uh, some of Waxworks, too. Uh, <laughs> which get to. <laughs> uh, but I also watched all of Boardwalk Empire. Like I, I watched, yeah, the entire series. So that's the reason why you haven't finished Waxworks yet. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire was a whole fucking sight better than Black Space <laughs> Well, obviously, you haven't gotten to the the uh, Bruce Campbell section of uh, Waxwork Two, then. Oh shit! No, I haven't. Tell me about. Tell me about it. I probably won't watch it <laughs> next time, asshole. <laughs> next. Time. So yeah, Boardwalk Empire was a lot of fun. Um, it was good. It was a. Uh, it was a good time until the end, and then it was super depressing. Um, actually, what am I talking about? That whole series was pretty depressing all the way through, but worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. What else did I watch? My usual regiment of, uh, of cartoons. cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I'm still watching a lot of children's cartoons. That's, that's no surprise to anyone, I don't think. Uh, I'm waiting for the last episode of Gravity Falls to come out, the last of the series altogether, which... I think comes out sometime in February, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, what did I? Oh, I started trying to watch Steven's Universe or Steven Universe, which is just the most preachy fucking bullshit. Like, and and the fandom for it is all like Tumblrinas who are like hardcore feminists, and they love the like intersectionality and that there's like a lot of transgenderism in the show. And I'm like, this is, a, this is a fucking children's show. Why? Why does it need to be this way? But whatever. It's, it's, Wait, I don't know. What, what show? Yeah, I've never Steven heard of Universe. This. Steven Universe. There is a lot of like weirdly based around sexuality and they do like, they do like weird, like Super Saiyan uh, bonding between people where two people will like bond together and become one person, which is all like a weird allegory for bisexuality and pansexuality. It's like very fucking strange. I don't know. I gave it a shot. I don't. I'm think... looking at the the Wikipedia, and that does not interest me at all. No, no. It's. Uh, I was excited it's... by the concept of people being having gem powers because I don't know if you guys remember Amethyst, Princess of Gem World, but that was a great comic book in the early '80s. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm just planning to get a snow. I'm getting snowed in as we're recording this, and and just watching a lot of Buffy. Is pretty much what what's going on on this on I'm this side. Jealous of you, dude. Uh, right now, I've got the episode on probably one of my favorite episodes, uh, Earshot, where Buffy can hear people's voices and she can tell that someone's trying to do a mass killing at the school. And, oh, uh, she can hear their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. That's season two, three. It has one of my favorite comedic moments because, trust me, it gets funny, despite the threat of a giant mass murder at the school, uh, is that Xander keeps swearing that he thinks that it's the lunch lady because there's something that he doesn't like about her. And they play that off like a comedic moment until he sneaks into the cafeteria to steal some food. 
and there's this great scene with no dialogue where he's about to eat a cupcake and he looks over and <laughs> the cafeteria lady's pouring rat poison into the food and she looks at him and they just stare at each other for like a solid 30 seconds unsure what to do <laughs> it's my favorite comedic moment in the series yeah that is a great episode it's definitely not one that i think of when i think of favorite buffy episodes but uh well because that... most people immediately go to hush and the musical is like the two big ones that pop up in everybody's head dude i wrote an entire article for geekscape about the best episodes and i i mean hush was on there strictly due to the fact that the gentlemen are creepy but like my favorite episodes are all i mean well my favorite episodes are the the halloween episodes because those are always the fucking blow the doors off awesome episodes in my opinion but i mean like fear itself might be my all-time favorite buffy episode or darkest episode in my opinion is not when willow plays the guy it's actually when um the 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 trio build the sex robot that's really really messed up yeah i think it's called i was only made to love you or something yeah another one i don't think a lot of people give credit to is uh the zeppo which i just think is a Uh, a really i love the zeppo i I mean i love the zeppo too but i i definitely see why i mean nobody would be surprised that you and i be would be gushing over the zeppo i mean it's super (laughs) 50 style and it's like underdog character come on well i my favorite joke among it is just that you're following xander on what's a fairly tame story and then you keep just seeing bits and pieces of like a legitimate end of the world scenario playing out between everybody else that he wasn't invited to be a part of yeah and and like you never totally see what happened but there's just like the end of this fairly light-hearted episode is like Buffy, Willow, and uh, I think Faith talking about how they'll never be the same after experiencing what just happened. <laughs> and they're like really kind of macabre and depressed. <laughs> All right, so that was Buffy talk. <laughs> well, no, 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 wait. I haven't even got to jump in here. You know what I think is a really dark episode that is kind of overlooked is when they bring that uh, – the guy brings his teenage brother back to life, like the football star. Yeah. And – and they and the football star wants them to kill Cordelia so that he can have a like a semi alive like rape doll or something like that. Where oh my like he God, can, right? So he's he's essentially saying kill this girl because I want her head so I can rape her for all of eternity. And then when he can't get that, when it doesn't happen in the end, he's like, just burn me alive, fam. I don't even fucking care. I'm just <laughs> <done>. <laughs> <laughs> I love your interpretations of things. <laughs> that was Buffy talk. All right, we're done. Hey, everybody. Well, that was our episode on Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. I don't even remember. Was that 95? What year was fucking Demon Knight? If you have any other movie suggestions for us, be sure to let us know. Don't be like Adam. Be like Chris. Chris told us to watch House. Adam told us to watch Demon Knight. <laughs> Although we shit all over House. I yeah, mean, but we had fun shitting on House. I had fun shitting on this movie. I had fun shitting on everything. I yeah. Uh, 
toilets, demon night. Don't forget that you can always send us suggestions at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. We're always looking forward to hearing what movies you have to tell us. We have someone who sent us a couple emails this week, two or three of them. So keep them coming. It's very exciting when people actually listen to the show and want to write to us. I do want to address one of the emails real quick. I can't speak for Adam and Scott on this, but someone wanted to know if we were planning on trying to watch all four Phantasm movies in honor of uh, Angus Shrim. And um, no. <laughs> the answer to that yeah. I give Although, you. the real quick answer is fuck no. <laughs> um, not going to do that shit. One day maybe we'll do the first Phantasm movie because I, I feel like a, it's it's a really popular movie, and it's it's not a bad movie, but there's a lot of shit to, to talk about with the first fucking Phantasm film. I think that we'd have a much better time watching and then discussing Phantasm 2. Yeah, Phantasm but, 2 is really the best of the, the, the Phantasms, yeah, in the, my opinion. Well, the problem is actually trying to find fucking copies of Phantasm 3 and 4, which are just yeah, like... Yeah, I, I saw a VHS copy of Phantasm Four. I, I I rented it with my best friend in high school, right when it came out, and I have not seen it or heard about it since. Yeah, Phantasm Three. I've been trying to get a copy of to add to to my DVD collection, and the cheapest ones I can find are like forty five dollars for the DVD. Because it's so out of print and hard to find now. So maybe one day we'll talk about a Phantasm film, but we are probably most definitely not talking about all four of Adam, have you watched this shit? Did we lose Adam? I, I. Oh no, I'm still here. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> what were you doing? Pooping? <laughs> I was. I was watching Waxwork too. <laughs> did you? So, so which scene did you get sucked into? <laughs> uh, where he suddenly becomes a fetus in his own mom's belly. Oh, you're really reason. early into Waxwork too. <laughs> At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 